save yourself and tried all different ways to do it, whether it's through money, whether it's through through relationships, whether it's uh, sadly some take the route of uh, drugs and alcohol and all of these things. And what are they doing? They're trying to deliver themselves from life, right? They just don't like life. They can't handle where they're at. And they're looking for a way out of life, right? Uh, you know, look at the addictions today of just on entertainment. I mean, a multi-billion dollar industry to... Uh, Put your brain into a hypnotic state and just turn the world off, right? And uh, so deliverance. Can I tell you today, God is a deliverer, right? And when God delivers, it's complete. And when God delivers, it brings joy. It brings peace. The Bible says, ask for the old paths and walk therein, and therein shall you find rest for your souls. You know, that's what the world's looking for, are they not? They're looking for rest, they're looking for peace. They're looking for contentment. And I'm telling you this morning, we know this. It is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. God is a deliverer. So as we move on to chapter 7 of Exodus, uh, God has been, uh, he, had call, he has called Moses out. He has chosen Moses. He is going to be his mouthpiece before Pharaoh. And uh, he's a little nervous about it. He doesn't like the idea. He doesn't think he's good enough at it. He's, he's worried about his inabilities. And God says, don't worry, I'll take care of that. And, uh, and, but now here he is finally coming in front of Pharaoh. Look at chapter 7 and look at verse 1. And the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a god to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh, and he shall send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that I may lay my hand upon Egypt, and bring forth mine armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by the great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. If you realize before we notice, God comes to Israel with a stretched out arm, right? A stretched out arm of help, right? But to Egypt, he's going to come out with a stretched forth hand of judgment. The arm of God is going to fall on them. And verse 7, and Moses, I'm sorry, verse 6, And Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them, so did they. And Moses was fourscore years old, 80 years old. Anybody in here in the 80, around 80? Could you imagine right now God telling you, I want you to go to Washington, D.C., and you're going to go into the White House, you're going to make your way to the Oval Office, and you're going to look at President Biden, and you're going to tell him, thus saith the Lord, right? I think Brother Jim would what's that? Someone needs to. <laughs> amen, amen. But I think, I think, I think uh, Brother Healy might say, now, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> Could you find somebody else? Could you find somebody maybe... Uh, Maybe fill in the blank, whatever the insecurity he might think that he has. And then the Lord might say, well, tell you what, I'll give you Jim to be your mouthpiece. Right. That helped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not tell him off, brother. Just tell him the gospel. <laughs> there, tell him the truth. All right. You see, this is, I mean, this is, this is, we do this. We're like, Lord, are you sure? Me? Are you sure? Right. And this is where Moses was. And, uh, 
And uh, he was four score years old, and Aaron was four score and three years old. He didn't find anybody younger to come along, right? When they spake unto Pharaoh, and the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you, then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. That's pretty cool. I'd like to see that. And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh, and they did as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. Now the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Amen. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and Pharaoh hardness. And he hardened Pharaoh's heart that he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. And we're going to look at this this morning here under uh, this section here in God's game plan. God's game plan. Okay. Do you know that God has a plan for reaching the world with the gospel? God has a plan uh, for the world to hear about who he is. And who we are and who he is. And we know this. Not everybody's going to be excited. Not everybody is excited to hear about God. Have you ever noticed that? You knock on somebody's door and you say, well, good morning. We are from Crimson Avenue Baptist Church. And we just want to invite you to church uh, tomorrow. And uh, tell me, uh, if you were to die today, do you know if you'd go to heaven? And they're like, I'm good. <laughs> right? Some people don't want to hear it. Some people tell you they go to church, right? And they even play pianos in church while they're slamming the door. And some people, hey, some people have, have no, no, deal, no, no uh, desire whatsoever. I remember a man up in Springfield at his door. I said, I mean, he was, he was gray-headed. I mean, he was getting a little bit older, probably. I don't know how old he was. I dare not say. But uh, <laughs> he, was, he, was a, he was not a spring chicken anymore, friend. And I said, hey, do you ever, do you ever think about dying? What's going to happen when you die? No. I said, never? No. Hmm. He has other problems too, doesn't he? <laughs> Come on now. I just no concern what supposedly, no concern whatsoever, no, no inclination of ever, any thought of what is going to happen with his eternal soul. And so sometimes when God sends us, listen, uh, the, 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 those that he sends us to, it doesn't seem like they really care. It doesn't seem like they really uh, accept it and receive what we have for him. But God says to go anyway, right? We're supposed to go anyway. And I want to notice here in our lesson, that our next few lessons in chapter 7, we're going to see four things that God does here uh, in chapter 4. Number one, there's going to be a command. God gives a command. Number two, God is going to give a caution. He's going to warn them. He's warning uh, and preparing, I should say, Moses and Aaron that it's not going to go like they think or like they hope. There's going to be a confirmation, and I'm glad when God does that, He gives a confirmation. And then there's finally He's going to give them a commitment and there's going to be a boldness that they need in obedience. And, uh, and we're going to look at that here in a little bit later. But we've read our text this morning. And uh, in every generation, God has called his men and his women to carry out the Great Commission, to carry out the gospel in their culture and their generation. The Bible says of David that he served his own generation. 
right? He served his own generation. You know, we are living in a day and a time, and you, everybody in here has a generation that they serve. We are to serve our generation. What a great thing to do, is it not? And uh, to serve our generation. And God has called us out to do that. I think, uh, sadly, so many people come to faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and think, well, that's it. We're good, right? And that's the end of it, right? And it's just like, like okay, we, uh, we paid our taxes. We're good. You know, we don't have to worry about the IRS anymore, right? We don't have to worry about the letters, the threats, or anything like that. We're, we have cleaned the record, and we're good. But no, when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, it is the beginning, not the end. Could you imagine, as some of you who are, are, are married and have been married, you come to the altar, you say, I do, and you thought, well, okay, well, got to go back to work. See ya. That's done. Right. <laughs> No, it was the beginning, right? It was the beginning of, of, of a relationship. It didn't end there. It started there. And our relationship with Jesus Christ is a beginning point. It's a beginning point. And we come into that relationship with Jesus Christ. He calls us, and we're going to see this in the message this morning out of Ephesians chapter 2. He calls us to continue the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Jesus bodily, what did he do? He went back to heaven. Right? What did he say before he went back to heaven? At one point, he said, greater works will you do than, my, than I. Now, miracles, don't go there. Some people really mess up and go there and say, and I think the Revised Standard Version says, Jesus says you'll do greater miracles. I don't know, friend, anybody in here capable of speaking a universe into existence? I, I haven't even tried it. I know it's, no, he said, you're going to do greater works than me. What was that? Jesus started his church. He, he commissioned it to go out and to preach the gospel in all the world. And now we have, when we come into faith and in, in, uh, into a relationship with Jesus Christ, now we are taking up the job that Jesus started of doing what? Going into all the world and preaching the gospel, seeking and saving the, uh, those who are lost. That is our job. That is a responsibility. So God is calling upon us to do that. How many remember back with Asa? I'm not going to finish this lesson today. I'm going all over the place. How many remember with Asa when uh, he had done well? And I tell you what, he had a heart for God. He just came on the throne. I love the life of Asa. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a joy and a tragedy at the same time. And he came on the scene and just served God and loved God, believed God, came out of an, out of an ungodly home. His father, who was king before him, was worthless and an unbeliever. But Asa came out a believer. And uh, he just did great things for God. But he came to a point, he had some enemies and he called on God. And God came and he rose up against his enemies and he helped him. But then there came another enemy and Asa backed off. And he went to Syria and he went to some others to get help. I think of uh, the Ethiopians. I forget who it was now. I'd have to go back and look at it. Second Chronicles, I believe it was. In chapter 16, Asa, he didn't go to God this time. He went and bought his way out of this to find help somewhere else. And the, and, the, and the prophet came to Asa. And one of the things that prophet that, that he said to Asa was this, the eyes of the Lord search to and fro upon the earth for a man to show himself mighty. God is looking for somebody to do an incredible work through. Right? He's looking for some. Can I tell you something? If you are a born again child of God this morning, if there is a day in your life when you came to God and you put your faith and trust in him, can I tell you something? Uh, right, the eyes of the Lord, he, he's looking for you. Yeah. He wants to make himself mighty through you and through you and through you and you and you and you and me. He, he has somebody. He has his eye on us. He wants to use us and God desires 
He desires to do that. And sadly, sadly, uh, so many of us are just AWOL. All right. It's the last thing on some people's mind. It's the last thing that they think about doing. How is God going to use me today? Maybe the, maybe the problem is we have this, this, uh, this thought in our mind, this picture in our mind that being used by God is in a certain capacity, like at church or uh, in this or, or um, on Saturday mornings, if weather's fine again or you go out door knocking or something like that. But can I tell you, God uses us at every moment of the day, wherever we are. Whether it's at a gas station, whether it's at a restaurant, whether it's at Walmart, whether it's paying your taxes, whether it's at work. Listen, we are, listen, we are on duty 24 hours a day. And isn't it amazing when God brings somebody through our way and through our path to use us to give the gospel to that we weren't even expecting? Like an open door. And it's like, wow, this is, this is, this is great. This, this is what God is doing with Moses and Aaron. He's a mouthpiece, and he wants to do it with us as, as well. Right? He's going to send this message in a powerful way. Now, when Moses finally went back to Egypt, here he is, he's 80 years old. The, the, the old Pharaoh, when he had to run away, uh, history says was uh, Tutmos III. When he uh, left, he is now he is now dead. And Moses, when he is now coming back 40 years later, history says it was uh, Amenhotep the, the second who was now the Pharaoh. History says this Pharaoh was most likely about 22 years of age. So get the picture now. Moses, 80 years old, right? And this new Pharaoh, 22. What a picture. What, what a vast difference. And here's Moses and his older brother saying, let my people go. God says, the God of Israel said, let my people go. And this kid says, remember this a couple weeks ago? Well, who's the Lord? I don't know him. Why would I listen to him anyway? I don't know a thing about him. And he he was right. He didn't know who the Lord was. Right? He didn't know who the God of Israel was. He knew there was a God. He didn't know it was the God of Israel who this God was. And so here Moses comes and he confronts him with the word of God. And this is what we do today, don't we? We're confronting the world with the Word of God. Not with what we think. Not with what our ideas. Not with our, uh, uh, what, what we're hoping to see. You know, some, some people only confront people with the Word of God because they just want to build a big church. They just want to have as much numbers as possible. And then you'll hear it. They just throw numbers out all over the place. Yeah, we had, we had 50,000 saved last year. And you have, you know, 100 in your church. How is that possible? Where'd they all go? Right? I mean, I, I heard a testimony of a man that said he won everybody at Get and Go or the gas station. Won everybody to Jesus that day. Well, that's wonderful if you did, right? But uh, what was the, what, why did you do that? What was the purpose of that? You know, listen, when, when God sends us out, it's His purpose, right? We're carrying out His command. It's for His glory because God loves the world as He loves us. And, uh, and here we are uh, going out to do what God has called us to do. It's his calling. It's his job, not ours. We shouldn't have ulterior motives, right? We shouldn't have ulterior motives when we go out. If we do, if they come up, ask God to remove them, give us a heart for people again. But here Moses is before Israel. And we see here that in our text that God uh, had a plan of deliverance. 
He had a plan of deliverance. He had a message for Pharaoh. His message, not, not Moses' message. All Moses was was a conduit. All he was was the, the water hose that the water came through, right? That's all he was. It, was. it was God's message, and that's what we go to the world with. God's message, not our message. right? And so he had a message for Pharaoh. Right? And he was delivering, delivering that message. Now I want to ask you something. Have you ever shared the gospel with somebody... And did you ever notice maybe there's an insecurity to have a spiritual conversation? <laughs> They're like, they didn't really want to talk about it. Made them nervous, right? Kind of, they don't, they don't really, uh, they, they, they have reasons why they don't want to talk to you about the things of God. And there may be reasons behind, there may be valid reasons. Let me tell you this before we get into vote. There may be valid reasons, right? They may have been so used to the cults being at their door, they just think you, they, the door gets rung and they go, oh, great, here, here we go. I remember going, being out uh, door knocking one day in, in Aurora, probably 20 years ago now. And uh, one of the guy with me had, uh, had worked at uh, Walmart for 35 years. He retired from there. Everybody knew this guy. And uh, we knocked on a door, and uh, the lady opened the door, and she's like, <sighs> you know, she could tell she was a little irritated even back, back then. And then she looked, and she goes, oh, hi, Randy. <laughs> And it was like, oh, she was fine, right? Because she knew this. She knew Randy, right? Everybody knew Randy. And she knew, okay, it's, you know, we know where you're from, Fellowship Baptist Church. We know you're okay. You know, or sometimes you'd say that, we're Fellowship Baptist Church. Oh, okay, okay. I thought maybe, you know, fill in the blank. You were somebody else, you know. No. You know, and there's reasons. There's reasons why they may have, people may have apprehension. Maybe they've just known Christians with really poor testimonies. Maybe they've, they've known Christians who have been what they would call a hypocrite. Right? A hypocrite. Money hungry. You ever see? It's like some people, the only thing they know of a, of a believer is what they see on TV and their private jet and their huge houses. And they're just grubbing after money and money and money and money and, and this prosperity theology. Hey, I think God wants us <clears throat> to prosper. Absolutely. Absolutely he does. But uh, there's something, something really untoward with that whole, uh, that whole group of people. Maybe all they've never ever known of a believer is somebody who's unloving. Just, just a, a grouch, grouch. Well, bless God, you know. He's like, wow, joy to be around you. Aren't you happy in the Lord today, right? You know, I, uh, I knew a man who gave up, sat, stood up, and gave a testimony. He said somebody had come to his door that was from uh, not a biblical church, and he said, I, I told him. He said, I'm going to hell. You're going to hell, and I'm going to heaven. I don't want to talk to you. Poof, shut the door. I was like, well. Terrible. No wonder. No wonder. It's, it's awful. You know, sometimes we have to e- ease people's insecurities, right? And uh, when you attempt to share the gospel with them, right? We've got to do that sometimes. Here's Moses. He's in front of this 22-year-old kid. Yes, he's the most powerful, powerful ruler in the world. But here's Moses saying, God t- t- has told you, God wants you to know You need to let these people go. So notice here in our verse here, there was a command. There was a command. We look at God's plan for deliverance here in Exodus 7. It begins with a command. And the Lord, verse 1, said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be 
thy prophet. Has that phrase ever kind of questioned you, made you wonder, God, what is that? Moses was a god to Pharaoh? Lowercase g, right? What on earth does that mean? And, and, and Aaron, his prophet? Well, we understand what the role of a prophet is, right? A prophet uh, in the Old Testament would, would foretell the word of God. In the New Testament, prophet foretells the word of God. The, the prophet today, a, a preaching prophet, is one who just preaches what God has already said. Right? In the Old Testament prophets, they prophesied what God, exactly in real time, what God was saying. And, and then we'd have it written here. And so there's a little bit of a difference here between an Old Testament and a New Testament prophet. But he said he's going to be a God unto Pharaoh. Let me say it this way. God wanted Moses to know that although that he was, he, he felt like he might be standing in front of this most powerful world, guy in the world, uh, though, though he might feel like he's in front of him powerless, though he might feel like he's in front of them uh, in, in, uh, without much leverage or anything like this, God wanted, Pharaoh, wanted Moses to know that uh, God was with him, that he was declaring the words of God, and there is power in that. See, the power is in the Word of God. When we stand before people with the gospel, you know what? We don't have to be, we don't have to be uh, in, uh, intimidated, although at times we are, aren't we? There, there's times you ever open a door and you're like, uh-oh. Somebody opens the door and you're like, it's going to be interesting. I remember this guy in Springfield, he knocked on his door, me and this other young guy was with me, and knocked on his door and he, he said, uh, I, I told him where we were from, and, uh, and he said, uh, he said, I'm, I'm a Gnostic. I was like, oh, great. That's neat. You want to talk about it? No. <laughs> okay. It could be kind of intimidating. I thought, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. It could be intimidating, though. I mean, the, the most intimidating is when they just look at you and don't say anything at all. And you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it can be very intimidating. But God wanted Moses to know, although you were standing in front of the most powerful person in the world right now, right, you are, you are a mouthpiece for the God of heaven. There is power in what you say. There is power in what you are doing. And uh, the Pharaoh was going to view him as a God. Not the God, but as a God. As somebody, watch, as somebody in his, in his heart, Pharaoh was going to fear the message of Moses. It didn't seem like that to Moses, Right? It didn't seem like there was any fear because Pharaoh said, I don't know the Lord. But listen, I don't know hearts. God was saying, God, the Father said to Moses, you are going to be as a God to Pharaoh. What did he know? Pharaoh was going to fear what you said. Yeah. He was. And this happens today. Have you ever seen it when you deal with give people the gospel? You have the opportunity to. And I tell you what, boy, they, sometimes they get nervous. Yeah. It, listen, it's not you they're nervous of. Right? It's the word that's coming out of your mouth. So, we, we need to remember that all we need to do is just bring the message, right? Just speak the words. Speak the words. So, God wanted Moses to remember that it wasn't about him. It wasn't about Moses. It wasn't about anything he was going to bring, right? It was about the message that God had for the hour. It's the word of God, right, that has the power. 
It is the gospel. The Bible says it's, that the gospel in Romans 1 is the power of God unto salvation. There's power in the words of God. It makes people uneasy. It makes them uncomfortable when they hear the word of God. Why? It's power. I'll tell you about it here in just a little bit. But 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 4, Paul said this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Now, Paul, if you realize, was a Pharisee. Paul was on the council of the Sanhedrin, most likely. Paul was taught under Gamaliel. He was a brilliant mind. And if you read the way he writes through the New Testament, sometimes it's like, hmm. I got to go back and, you know, God used him. God wanted Paul to write, you know, two thirds of the New Testament. He wanted because the way he communicated, God wanted that. But I'm telling you, Paul had everything in his physical, natural ability uh, to to wield against uh, against, uh, the unsaved. But Paul said, I'm not using it. I'm not coming this way. Right? He said, verse 2, For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He said, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of the power. What does it mean in the demonstration of the Spirit? Friend, it's called conviction. Conviction. Listen, when the Word of God is preached... Uh, You remember this before you were saved. You remember this after you were saved. There are messages when the word of God is preached. I'm telling you, the spirit of God is doing this. He is convicting. He is convicting. He is heavy. You know that what is being said is truth, right? And what are you witnessing? You are witnessing the power of God, not in that person speaking, but in the word of God that is coming out of their mouth. And God is saying, I'm telling you, it's a powerful thing. That's why people shut it off. That's why when you begin to say, oh, no, thanks. It's like, seriously? Right? I remember on a job site, I was up in uh, I was up Atlantic City, working in Atlantic City one time. And uh, this, uh, not that you, like, were from New Jersey or something, right? Yeah, Atlantic City. Not that she frequented all the gambling houses or anything like that. She was a casino hopper. No, I'm joking. And, uh, but I was in Atlantic City working one time, and uh, I was a card shark. And, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I was, I was working on a building. And uh, some guys on the job site, you know, they're rough, you know, big and tough. And said, I said, hey, there's a really cool church downtown Philadelphia. You want to come Sunday? It's, it's awesome. You'll love it. No, it's all right. I was like, are you serious? They're like, I'm, we're not going in there. I'm like, I'll go in. You won't. I mean, these guys are like, you know. I was like, come on, let's go. No, it's all right. I was going to take them to Bethel Baptist Church in Philly and down in Kensington. Oh, it's a great place. Awesome. They, they would not go. They wouldn't go. They were chicken. Yeah. What were they afraid of? Me? No. No. What were they afraid of? They were afraid of the Word of God. They knew it was going to pre- be preached. They knew it was coming. They've heard it. Right? They didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear it. There's power. Paul understood this power was not in his speaking ability. It was not in his ability, right? It was not in his great oratory, thankfully, but it's through the Spirit of God. I was uh, doing a little bit of research one time on Paul. History says, I don't know how accurate this is, but for some reason, some people in history say that Paul might have been about 4 foot 11. I would have towered over Paul, towered over him. They said he had this thick forehead and a thick eyebrows and a crooked nose. Said he wasn't much to look at. 
He was just a little guy. Nothing to be afraid of, really. But hold on a minute. When he stood before Felix in Acts chapter 24, the Bible says Felix trembled. He trembled at this little guy. And he said, go thy way for the time. For a, and when I have a, a convenient season, I will call for thee. He couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle it. What was it? Was it Paul? Was it, was it the, the, the presence of the Apostle Paul? Oh, no. No. It was the power of the Word of God. I was witnessing to a lady on a job site one time. We've known each other for a long time. We end up a lot of the same job sites and uh, witnessing to her and, and uh, finally came to this place. I probably told this before. I don't want to tell the whole story, but I came to this one place and I finally asked her. I said, hey, have you ever, re- have you, have you ever read uh, the Koran? She goes, oh, yeah. She, she didn't believe, you know, she kind of believed God, but, you know. Anyway, she was, she was definitely an unbeliever. I said, you ever read the Koran? She goes, yeah. Yep. I said, have you read the Bible? No, no, never read the Bible. I said, let me ask you something. I said, why is it can I say the name Muhammad and nothing at all happens to you? But at the moment I say Jesus Christ, your insides have just twisted up. And she goes, oh, um, hmm, I, oh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> friend, she was sweating. She was sweating. Was it my presence? No, not at all. What was she confronted with? The power of God. In the work of the Holy Spirit of God. Friend, this is great news for us. We don't have to be the great orator. We don't have to have all the right words. We don't have to have the great presence. We don't have to have this this big booming voice to grab people's attention. Isn't that wonderful, right? All we have to do is speak what thus saith the Lord. And listen, God does the rest with His Word. It's His Word. So if it's His Word, it's all power. Amen. And this is what God is telling uh, Moses to do. And... uh, it wouldn't happen by Moses' power, but it was going to be by the power of God. He was his, it was God's spokesman, spokesman. Moses was God's spokesman. Listen, if you are in Christ this morning, if you've been born again, you are a spokesman, a spokes... Oh, let's be correct this today. Spokesperson, spokeswoman, spokes he, she, they, right, whatever that goes. You are a spokesman, you are a spokeswoman for God. Don't worry about what you can and can't say. Don't worry about your presence. Don't worry about your abilities or inabilities. Just speak the word of God. He will do the rest. He'll do the rest. Notice also it was God's script. And we're going to have to finish up here on this one. Moses and Aaron were commanded to take God's script. God's script. Because when God chooses a spokesman, he never sends them out without a script. And we have a script, amen? Here it is. We have the whole script. We're, it's not missed out. We haven't left, there's nothing left out of it. We're, we don't need anything else. We have the script. We can show them the script and say, hey, read right here. What does it say? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Hey, what does it say right here? For there's none righteous, no, not one. Hey, what does it say right here? You know, all we, we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Hey, what is it? I mean, we have the script. Just, just get it out and, 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 and read it to them. We don't have to, isn't that good? We don't have to go out and think, well, what am I going to say this time? What am I going to say? I don't know. How about, how about just thus say it the Lord? How about, how about just read them the Bible? How about just go through the scriptures, right? He, he, he never sends him out without his, his word, and he never sends us out either without 
His word. We shouldn't. We have it. We shouldn't go out without His word. Exodus 7, 2. He said, Thou shalt speak all that I command thee. Do you know this is all that God has commanded us right here? We have the final revelation of God. It's right here. And this is all that He has commanded. We take this out to the world and we preach, Thus saith the Lord. This is what we go out with. It's so simple, isn't it? Don't make it too complicated. Don't make it too hard. Do you know you don't need a smoke and lights in a, in a worship service to, to, for people to experience the power of God? Do you, you know you don't need a rock concert for people to experience the power of God? You don't have to have the latest whoever and the latest whatever for people to experience the power of God. You don't have to have the famous ones that, that are all over the TV and, and uh, to have them come in for some special meeting to, do, to, to people come to Christ. No, listen, if you would just preach the Word of God, it would accomplish just as much, if not more, than all of those others out there that are doing their own thing. It will, it will accomplish more than what they're doing if it's in their own power and might. Listen, we have everything in front of us. We have the script. God wanted Moses to know that he can take somebody who thinks he's a nobody and help him to tell somebody else about God and his message. You ever feel like a nobody? Do you ever know you're a nobody? Can I tell you that's good news? Because you're exactly who God uses. Remember Jesus, of course, Jesus is God. <laughs> Remember he's in the temple, 12 years old, reasoning with the lawyers? And they thought, this says they marveled. They thought, who's this? Who's this kid? Do you know, listen, do you know young people can make the, 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 intelligence people, the intelligent people of the world marvel when they know the word of God? Yeah, there's hope. There's hope for us. Yeah. The words of Moses and Aaron were to say, uh, the words of Moses and Aaron were given directly from God. They were directly from God. Same with us today. It ought to be. When we have an opportunity to give somebody the gospel, we ought to ask the Lord, would you just take away anything that I might say that is, that is, that is not needed to be said? Would you keep anything from my mouth that doesn't need to come out of my mouth that is, that is not pertinent, anything that is uh, self-aggrandizing and, and elevates self? Would you just take those things out of my mouth that I just speak the Word of God? Because what I have to say doesn't help. Can I tell you, as, 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 a, as a pastor, right? my, my opinions and my thoughts don't help you. They're not, they don't help myself. Right? What helps me and what helps you is the Word of God. And that's what, we, that was, that's what we're to go to. God has called us to take up His script, which is found in His Word, into our communities. 1 Peter one twenty five. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. We have the same gospel today that they had at the very beginning. It hasn't changed Right? He's delivered unto us right? the, the, the faith that we have, the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. We still have it. We still have it. Listen, we are spokesmen and spokeswomen for God. We have the script today. We have the script. All we need to do is get it out. Right? Just speak what God has said. And speak it exactly. Speak it exactly. 
Don't add your stuff to it. Don't add your thoughts and ideas. You know? Well, well, you know, I was just saying, you think Adam and Eve had belly buttons? You know? I mean, and go on some rabbit trail about Adam and Eve's belly buttons. You ever thought about that? <laughs> Alan, no. I've never thought about that. Well, give you something to think about today. See how pointless that really is, actually? It was a really, really cold morning. I'll end with this. It was a really bitterly cold morning. And um, a man had arrived at work. And uh, he got a text from his wife that said, Windows frozen won't open. That's all it said is the text. Windows, windows frozen won't open. So he texts back his wife. He said, pour some lukewarm water over it and tap the edges with a hammer, you know. And that's all he texts back. And that, that usually will get the old frozen windows to Open And about 10 minutes later, she had texted back and with another message and said, uh, computer really messed up now. <laughs> yeah. She heard the directions from her husband, but listen, she wasn't on the same page. Can I tell you, as God's messengers, we can't afford to not be on the same page with him. Yeah. You've got to hear what he says. You've got to take it to others just as he spoke it. Command. Command. That's how it began with Moses and Aaron. A command. That's how it began with us. When Jesus commissioned his church, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You, if you're a member of this church, that is, if you're a member of a church, listen, that is the commission you've been given to preach the gospel. Let's be faithful with that. What do you say? And next week we're going to look at uh, a, a, God's going to give him a caution. And, he, and he's cautioned us as well. We can go through, I believe, John chapter 16 it is, somewhere in there. We can look at the caution that Jesus gave us. Hey, the world's not going to love you. If the world hated me, it's going to hate you too. They're not always going to receive what you have to say. God's going to tell Moses the exact same thing. And we will look at that next week. Are you faithful to the command to bring the Word of God into the world? Are you faithful? Have you been faithful in that? If not, would you get back on board with that and get busy? Get busy with it. Father, thank you uh, for your word today. Would you bless uh, your word? And then would you bless also the message coming up here? Uh, and pray for those that are still arriving, that you'd uh, just provide protection in, in that. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.